Welcome back to another episode of Burning Questions. I am Melvin Robinson, Director of Communications and Media for the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association. This is our weekly podcast. This podcast, we focus on the Mississippi cannabis market. Uh, it's a new industry here, new industry here in a very agricultural state. Really happy to be able to do this and to inform people. And yeah, I'm glad you are tuning in. You can look, you can watch us live on Facebook or YouTube uh, on our pages, on our MSCTA pages. Or if you can't catch us today, you can catch us tomorrow on all your favorite DSPs like Spotify, Google, anything like that. So, yeah, thanks for coming in. Thanks for watching. Uh, what I want to do is before we get started with our guest tonight, I'm going to talk about a couple of things we have going on. Like this, the Mississippi Cannabis Expo, where cannabis meets healthcare, is going to take place July 7th through 9th at the Biloxi Gulfport Convention Center. They will have exhibits, live speaker sessions, networking, giveaways, and more. Uh, the Gulf Coast Coliseum is... 2350 Beach Boulevard, Biloxi, Mississippi, 39531. Uh, if you need any more information, please contact Marine at 702-337-1965 or email Marine at Marine at Canal1.com. Also, the information, the website for all information is Canal1.com. Also, visit the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association. Uh, website we have we keep uh everything updated there as far as rules and regulations and forms that you will need for your business uh, if you would like to become a member just contact membership at mscta.org and we can send you over all the information you will need to become an individual or a business member all right so i am very washed out here so i'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest and bring her over now and let's get that two shot going there we go all right. Hi, so, everyone. Hey, what I'm going to do, I and it's just cutting your head off just a little bit, just because of the train. <laughs> but what I am going to do, I am going to let you introduce yourself to everyone that is watching or that will be watching. So, yeah, just go ahead. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited and honored to be with you this evening. My name is Natalie Bonner. I am the chair of Cannabis Festival Mississippi. I'm also the founder of Blue Lotus Creations Herbal Emporium and co-founder of Champagne Art and CBD Wellness Boutique located on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in Biloxi, Mississippi on Howard Avenue. And I'm so happy to be here and to um, engage in dialogue and answer those burning questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for coming uh i actually spoke at the candidates festival this year yes i were, was involved in three different panels had a wonderful time um incredible turnout incredible first year i know you got to be happy about it oh my god i am so excited and here's the thing people think that we the team and i uh, of course, I didn't do it alone. We had an amazing team. I'm the chair. And then we had co-chair Shayna Burney and Lauren uh, Illing. And we, in 2018, I had gone to the National, National Cannabis Festival in Washington, Melbourne. And it was so overwhelming. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I have to bring something like that to Mississippi. And I reside on the Gulf Coast. And it's so funny how I didn't even know any of the people that helped me execute it so well even existed. So I just put it out there. I wanted to bring it to the Gulf Coast and slowly started meeting people 
and Shana and Art Bernie, they own Blue Organic. And they came into my shop one day, my first time meeting them. And I said to them, I want to do a cannabis festival on the Gulf Coast. And without hesitation, Shana said, I'll help you. I'll do it with you. And Lauren got involved, Michael Dixon, and we literally started February, like February 1st. Oh, wow. I know, right? Yeah. To execute execute this event. And it was so perfect. It went off so well without hardly any hiccups at all. And as you mentioned, you participated on three panels, and we thank you for that. Um, My area of focus and interest in the entire cannabis industry is social equity, inclusion, and social justice. So I really appreciate you sitting on that panel along with some other great speakers that joined you. And we're just, we're so excited. It went so well that we're actually doing a two-day event next year around the same time. So um, because there's just so many, the industry is booming here in Mississippi. There are so many unknowns. This is uncharted territory. And even though you think you've covered down on all the topics of interest, there's so many that came in afterwards. It's like, Natalie, you guys should do a session on this. You should do a session on that. And then more importantly, um, with medical marijuana, here in Mississippi, but not everyone else and not everyone is trying to jump into the waters of marijuana. They want to stay into the world of hemp. You know, like me, I do believe hemp will always surpass uh, from an, from a worldwide economic revenue resource and, um, and uh, usage. I think uh, hemp will be far more expansive than mar- medical marijuana. So I'm going to stay in that space myself. But there's just so many different topics. So we're so excited that Canifest went well. Thanks to people like yourself. We're so excited for uh, the 2023 uh, Cannabis Festival in Mississippi. And uh, it's going to just keep growing year after year after year. We may even do one in the south and in the northern part of Mississippi because we can't leave all of our northern farmers and canna enthusiasts and canna curious individuals. Um, We can't leave them out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know... um, yeah, like I was saying before, I had a wonderful time, you know, doing those panels, just meeting everyone, just seeing the real support that's for cannabis here in Mississippi, seeing how excited people were about this new industry that's coming and everything. Um, how did you even get into it? How, how did you get into cannabis? Because I, I feel like all of us, we have these stories like, well, you know, because, you know, I definitely have one, but I, I really want to hear yours. I'm going to tell you my story, and, and it's it, it's kind of funny. I've always been in corporate America. I was senior vice president of, of government contracts for a defense firm out of Florida. And in meeting and networking and going to uh, meetings about government contracting, I was talking to a gentleman whose son was out in Colorado, and he said something that got my interest. He said, you know, my son and his girlfriend moved out to Colorado and he's growing cannabis in his um, one bedroom apartment closet and he's making like 10 grand a week. Oh, <laughs> right? yeah. So, of course, I, I wanted to make sure I heard him correctly <laughs> at that time. Um, at that, I think I was probably like 
I'm probably 55 at that time. And I grew up on the whole Nancy Reagan war on drugs. You know. Know. I'm a baby boomer, you know, the egg and the frying pan and all of that. So I didn't really know that much about the efficacies of cannabis, but I knew that that number piqued my interest. So I wanted to learn more. It was August, 2018. And one thing I'm sure you found, we all come into it for the money, but you cannot come into this space once you really learn about it without that advocacy yeah light bulb turning on and i like a lot of us i thought that uh i started with soft entry and i thought when i opened my online store the millions would come in (laughs) no it doesn't work that way for real right so i just started to engross myself in attending conferences learning more about the plant more about uh the whole the war on drugs, that narrative, the, the reason behind it. And that's what struck a passion with me. Uh, we've all had someone who has suffered from the war on drugs, who have served time. I mean, I have family members. And when I would go to these conferences, like the big, the big one out in Las Vegas, MJ BizCon, it was a room full of white men in these nice suits, but hardly any brown people and definitely no brown women. We have the great Wanda James, who's our beacon, you know, the first African-American woman to have a dispensary. Dispensary. When I was in Denver, I made sure my wife was like, go and make sure to go get some you know, just make sure we get... You got to pay homage yeah. to her. You got to pay homage, yeah. Got to. And so as I continue to learn more and get involved with more organizations, and then I, um, I'm a veteran, a Navy girl, even though I'm from Biloxi. I was out in San Diego and then out in Atlanta. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of what was happening in Mississippi. So I helped collect signatures for Initiative 65, uh, started to go into meetings, and um, I knew that I was not going going to be able to be a grower here in Mississippi, but I knew I wanted to establish my roots. So that's why I opened up the brick and mortar, the CBD store, Champagne Art and CBD. So um, now my my, my passion and what I'm still working towards, I was the president of um, Minorities for Medical Marijuana Mississippi, is industry inclusion for us. For black and brown people, we are still precluded from fully participating in the market, if not for monetary reasons, because of our backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when with the farm bill, you know how they put that little provision in there that if you've ever been convicted of a felony, you can't even get a hemp license, which is issued at the federal level by the USDA. So we're still fighting for those things. And um, that's how I got involved. (laughs) And and we're going to talk about the hemp bill for sure. But what I want to do is I want to talk about, uh, yeah, I want to talk about champagne art and CBD. Tell us more about that. How did you come up with that? That was, I'm a, it's so crazy. I, I kind of, being here on the Gulf Coast, we have a very large artistic community. And I hang out with a lot of creatives, artists. You know, they're, what I love about the art, it's kind of like the cannabis industry. Uh, a lot of cannabis enthusiasts, it's all inclusive. It's the one place where we all have this common theme of uh, being chill, accepting and open, 
And with the art community, it's the same way. Creatives kind of think a little bit differently. They don't think as linear and they don't see black and white. They see everything in color. So I was in Atlanta. At that time, I had a a home in Atlanta and I woke up at 7 a.m. And it just dawned on me. I wanted to create something different. I'm a baby boomer. I know how I feel when I walk into the traditional dispensaries. I feel a little bit intimidated and overwhelmed when I have this millennial pushing stuff at me. (laughs) And so I wanted to create with champagne art and CBD, we kind of married champagne for the spirit, art to stimulate the mind and CBD for body wellness. So we wanted to create a different type of uh, dispensary where you can come in, you can sit, we can really talk about what you're trying to mitigate with cannabis use, have a glass of champagne with purchase. We learned very early on to change our policy. People were coming in to drink the champagne and weren't buying. <laughs> so we sit down and we talk to them and uh, we have local artisans. There's some amazing talent here in Mississippi, artistic talent. And so with our shop, we have uh, over 30 local artists from all over. They're local to the Gulf Coast, but they hail from California, Venezuela, Cuba. And we have their artwork. We don't charge them a hang fee. We do a profit sharing with them. And we also, the co-founder of Champagne Art and CBD, she's a leather artisan. So we've just kind of married these artistic wellness components and uh, it has worked. We have a model that hasn't been duplicated as of yet. We're the first ones on the Gulf Coast and uh, we're looking at expanding into Mobile, Alabama next year and um, just looking at how we can take our model uh, to other cities. So you're, you're going to expand to Mobile, uh, working with Champagne Arden um, and, CBD. and CBD. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Candace McClendon right here says, love that concept. Can't wait to visit your store. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Candace. Yeah, so <laughs> I already got people that's uh, really filling in. And I am as well because, you know, that's really a unique concept. It just fit, it, it feels like just from you talking about it, it's just the chill place to go. You want to relax a little bit. You want to stimulate your mind. You just want yes. to, you know, just feed the soul a little. Yeah. And that was the whole point. And even the way we decorated the shop, I went to Morocco and I love the colors they use in Morocco. They use a lot of rich golds and deep turquoise blues and uh, topaz and rich reds. And so we brought all of that color into the shop and then all of the art there is very colorful. So it just creates this real vibe. And I I kid you not, I'm not just saying it guys, because it's my shop. People come and they don't, they shop. They sit down, we start drinking a little bit, and um, they love it. We have some very stimulating conversations. We host events there. We don't charge people to host events there. We just ask that their attendees shop. And that model has been working very well for Sabrina and I. That's great. That, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's really great. And I'm glad yeah. working. I'm glad we have spaces like this so people can be more uh, comfortable you know, when we talk about like things like CBD or cannabis like that. And yeah, it's, it's just a uh, different kind of wellness experience. It, it's yeah. And especially for the baby group, for the baby boomers for yeah. my age group, because a, more baby boomers are using cannabis, but they don't want to talk about it. 
So we wanted to create a well space. So your mom and dad are using cannabis, guys. I'm just letting they, you know. They are. They just don't they let are. you know. <laughs> they are, you know. Um, all right. So let's talk about the U.S. Farm Bill, which is yes. a very important thing from 2018. Can you Coming up for a renewal in coming 2023. Coming up for renewal. And I'm very nervous about it can because you of our ex- president. <laughs> can you explain what the U.S. Farm Bill is? Okay, so basically with the U.S. Farm Bill, it's not just about cannabis. Of course, the Farm Bill covers a lot of your agricultural crops that are then overseen by the USDA. But the beauty about it for someone who's looking to come into the cannabis space is that it's very easy based on the guidelines of how to obtain your hemp production license, producer license. I mean, you just have to really have about a hundred bucks and a clean background and register your, uh, your farm or your, um, barn or your apartment with one plant in a pot until you find a, 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 a land plot. But the most important thing is that, you know, it does have provisions in terms of how hemp, what is classified as hemp. Uh, there was a lot of confusion if Delta eight, for example, was farm bill compliant. And then with all the other cannabinoids that are being manipulated, if they're farm bill compliant, and even the DEA, DEA came out and, and further um, defined any derivative of hemp, which is covered under the farm bill, is legal. There are a lot of states that were cracking down on. Um, excuse me, my camera's moving, guys. I'm new to this whole oh, camera yeah, podcast fun. thing. Yeah, I'm super <laughs> so, washed out right now, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at, I'm like, oh my god, but yeah. yeah. And so basically, it, it just kind of governs uh, for us that are cannapreneurs and canna enthusiasts. It kind of governs how we can use hemp to uh, create our footprint into the space. It is coming up for renewal in 2023. I really, impl- impl- you know, just beg everyone to make sure that they are their legal, their legislative representatives know that they're supporting the farm bill and they want it to remain. Um, in effect, uh, I do have some concerns about the Biden administration because it's not as if they are pro-cannabis. So it'll be quite interesting if we see changes or any manipulation of the current uh, verbiage in the farm bill. So I hope I answered your question. I'm sorry. I'm a little oh, nervous. No, you did, so. you did totally because I think a lot of people are confused exactly upon it, especially when they see like you know, Delta eight stuff, or they see all these kind of different derivatives and these. Yes. HHC, THC, THCA, THCV. And then they just, you know, they look at the product and they say, Oh, well, this is, you know, this is weed. Right. And it's like, it's it's not, no. Yeah. This is, it is we because that's the one thing I have this conversation daily where people really don't understand the difference between hemp and marijuana mm-hmm. and they don't really realize that it's just that 0.03%. It's all <laughs> cannabis sativa L and it's that 0.03% that makes the difference. Oh yeah. And and because of states that have um prohibited marijuana um, our lab people have gotten very creative in being able to cont- to give us that psychoactive effect with a legal farm bill compliant product, right? Oh yeah. And that, Delta Eight is like taking over. 
it really so many wholesalers and people don't hardly sell CBD anymore. Really? And that's because the market is demanding for Delta 8. You know, oh, everybody wow. wants Delta 8. Hey, and they don't understand it's a lab manipulated cannabis. It's still a cannabinoid, but it is tweaked a little bit. It's not naturally occurring in the cannabis plant. They kind of tweak it a little bit. And, uh, but it's, there are people who smoke, used to smoke loud. You know, loud is a very popular marijuana strain. Everybody used to, you know, likes loud. Yeah. But there are people who are transitioning from that over to Delta 8. Yeah. Yeah. My dad. <laughs> Rest, you know, rest his soul. He always <laughs> told me, he said, hey, listen, I can stop smoking cigarettes. I can stop drinking. I will never stop smoking pot. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, cool. I, yeah, more power to you, man. And I mean, to the day he died, he did. And, you know, yeah. um, he died in 2014. So, you know, he didn't get to experience like CBD or like Delta 9. Or, I mean, Delta 8 or anything. Like yeah, 8, yeah. But yeah, I have other family members, you know, they partake in they they really like it. A lot of them are older, and they're like, "Hey, you know, sometimes I just want something that's kind of, yeah, you know, setting the mood, and I'm good." And you know, uh-huh. they really like it, and yeah, I'm I'm glad to see it becoming more accepted because you know when you look at polls, you have over seventy percent of the country saying that you know uh, marijuana cannabis it should be legal. Like you have all these people that are in agreement, but in places like. You know, Mississippi, we still have people that's really hush hush, like, oh, don't don't tell nobody I'm doing this or I yeah. gotta put Are on sunglasses. Dope? Well, yeah, I gotta Are put you on sunglasses. Selling dope. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta put on sunglasses to go to a CBD store, but it's like it brings you relief. It helps yes. with ailments and it it is a plant at the end of the day. You know, it's and, not and the thing about secret. it. And it's so funny, Melvin, that you talk about that because I was literally tonight at the event that I was at, I was speaking to a doctor and I was asking her if she was going to come into this space and uh, she's an endocrinologist. And I said to her, she said to me, Natalie, do you know that in medical school, they don't, they hardly cover the endocannabinoid system with us? Oh. And uh, that's why a lot of doctors can't recommend to their patients because they didn't learn it in medical school about the efficacies of cannabis and how it binds to your endocannabinoid system and and uh, just plant medicine in general. They don't get a thorough knowledge in it. So I am so excited that, uh, as you mentioned, that a lot of the the upcoming expos and and, um, conferences are focusing on health care. And a lot of our caregivers and, uh, you know, doctors and nurse practitioners are quickly coming on board because they recognize the benefits of it for their patients. It's part of patient care, alternative medicine. Oh, yeah. We we definitely uh, I have seen that more, you know, at the MSCTA, we have been contacted by different medical providers saying, hey, you know, I plan on being in this space. How can you know I I assist in everything like that? Uh, Our first episode, we actually had Angie Calhoun, uh, Dr. Uh, Nathan uh, McIntosh from the Patients Alliance. They were talking about everything. And yeah, you, you do have these people that are saying, hey, this is this is great. This is something that we can really help Mississippians with, especially considering how uh, poorly our infrastructure is around healthcare. You know, you have something for pain management and ailments that you could just use that you, that helps a lot of people. But for some reason, we still have this. You know, we we strictly think about the stigma attached to it. 
I know. And here in Mississippi, we know we are part of the Bible Belt. And because of all of the misinformation and the dogma that was put out, villainizing not only the cannabis plant, but also the people who used it. So education is key. That's why you're seeing so many forums pop up and so many informational sessions, because people truly, even like myself, my generation especially, um, you know, we actually believed all of the the narrative that was put out about how, you know, you're a loser if you're uh, doing, I went to, I went to USM. It was bad to do marijuana, but you could pop quaaludes and drink, drink till you pass. Yeah. Speed and drink until you pass out. So that was perfectly acceptable. But if you were to say that you smoked marijuana and and it's so funny because I have have people in the family who always refer to it as medicine and I would kind of scoff at that idea. But now that I'm educated and understand it truly is medicine. And when I get people who talk about, oh, like our president, it's a gateway drug. Your doctor's prescription pad is your gateway drug because he has to write you one prescription, then a second one to mitigate the effects of that one, then a third one to mitigate the effects of those two, where simply not saying cannabis is the cure-all, but it could replace a lot of pharmaceuticals that people are on that are causing further damage to their internal organs. Indeed. You know? Indeed. I, I have... You know, I have family members that have ailments and I have seen how it has changed their lives. And yeah, I just wish more people would. Uh, I don't even want to say calling it taking a chance because, you know, I don't think there there's anything to take a chance. So I just wish more people would be more. Give it a try. Give, Give it, it a try. try. Give be it a try. Open and yeah. to understand that you don't have to get high mm-hmm. to um, experience the benefits of CBD. Now, there are some things where you definitely need more THC. You need a strong R- a THC-derived RSO oil, for example, because I know for me, if I'm ever, God forbid, diagnosed with cancer, I'm going to load up all the THC, you know, even though I'm sensitive <laughs> to it, but I am going to load up on it. But we have to... Um, like things like what you're doing, um, and just educating education is just going to be, uh, instrumental because especially for the older people, um, they just think it's something to be, you know, you whisper about, you kind of mm-hmm. do it in the, in the back room, you know, <laughs> like, oh, the cousins, they're going to go take a walk before Thanksgiving dinner and things yeah. like, that. yeah. And it's so ingrained in us, guys. I'm going to tell you a story. Now, mind you, I started this business in 2018, which means I probably was 58 at that time. My dad was 80. And do you know, I was out new. I was, I told him I was starting a business, but I was a little bit apprehensive about telling my dad that I was opening up a cannabis oh. um, store. And I mean, like I'm 58 guys. And yeah. Like, oh my, God, my dad's not going to understand this. He's going to think I'm selling dope. And surely enough, even though I retail CBD, he still says she smells that she sells that marijuana. <laughs> she sells those left-handed cigarettes. Yes, exactly. So education is key. We just have to continue to educate. And I think that one of the great things that I'm seeing here in our state is so many different um, organizations 
um, putting on events where people can come and get educated because not everyone wants to open up a dispensary. Not everyone wants to come into the business, but they do want to know more about it. Oh, yeah. So people like yourself and, and, and me and other organizations, we do. It, it's it's our uh, it's our civic duty to educate everyone on the efficacies of cannabis. <laughs> and tell us about uh, minorities for medical marijuana. Oh, my God. It's a great organization. Uh, it was founded by Roz McCarthy out of uh, its headquartered out of Florida. So what Minorities for Mar- Medical Marijuana is, the most important thing about it is inclusion, um, social equity. A lot of now Mississippi did a really good job by not putting a limit on our license. But a lot of states actually limit the number of license. And oftentimes who those licenses are going to is are already predetermined before legalization of an act or a legislative act, you know, come into, into fruition. So what minor, what minorities for medical marijuana does is that it, it's a, uh, it's an organization where people of color and people of non-color who support social equity and inclusion and uh, restorative justice, we come together and uh, there, there are strength in numbers. So we work with the legislative bodies. We, uh, right now, I want to say that we are in, at least, and I don't want to embellish, but I think we're in maybe 40 states and we're even opening up to uh, some um, Oconus um, uh, locations like Jamaica. I know we're in, uh, I think we're over in, I want to say in Europe too, there's some locations over there. So basically what it is, it's just a nonprofit and we're based out of, of Florida. And the mission of Minorities for Medical, Mar- Medical Marijuana, I'm sorry, I'm tied tongue here. And basically it's committed to cultivating a culturally inclusive environment where all people can participate in this space and have opportunities. Uh, funding is a big thing for, pe- for people of color. Some of your best growers you know, have a record. And now they're being precluded from practicing their trade because of these provisions in uh, most state um, in the legislative in, in the legislative language of, of the act. It so seems basically, like this industry is the only industry that looks down on experience. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I want someone that's experienced. Yeah. And we have Project Clean Slate where we actually put in um, together resources to help people's records get expunged. Um, there are like a, there's a, a so a, hemp, a whole an entire series about hemp. I employ everyone to join our Facebook page. Uh, it's M4MM Mississippi. And we post a lot of great information there. We share information from other industry organizations. And there's another informa- uh, one out there called a Minority Cannabis Business Association. It's headquartered, I want to say, out of Washington or New Jersey. And they're a great resource, too. So really and truly, it's just uh, there's power in numbers. Right. So this so this organization, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, basically, you know, public policy change, uh, social reform, health and wellness. And the focus is the cannabis industry, browning up the cannabis industry. That's our charge. A prime example of how we are being left out. People of color are being left out, even like with Mississippi, as you know, they haven't even fully uh, definitized our transportation regulatory guidelines. Right. 
But I, during Canafest, I was talking to a gentleman who was not of color. He already has 10 million, 10 million from investors to start a transportation business. The regs haven't even been written yet. So you see how ahead of the game he will be. Yeah. Where someone of color who has an excellent pitch and idea, they struggle to get funding. So it's kind of a safe haven for uh, people of color to, to come together to make sure that we, our voices are heard and we get a piece of this gold green industry. Um, how can, and what was the Mississippi chapter again? Uh, the Mississippi chapter is minor, yeah, Minorities for Medical Marijuana Mississippi. We have a Facebook page. Please join our Facebook page. We post a lot of information there. And we also, we don't just focus on Mississippi. We also post things of interest uh, for our neighboring states. Because even though you reside in Mississippi, you may have land over in Alabama that your great granddaddy left you and you want to use it to grow on and you want to connect with resources there or find out what's happening in that state. So I do, you know, there's no fee to join. Uh, we offer a lot of information and there are a lot of uh, sessions that come up. And also for members, you get a discount code to say MJBizCon may save you $250, which is a lot when you're traveling all the way out to Vegas for oh, yeah. a, uh, a, a cannabis industry. But in one thing, guys, I don't know, uh, Melvin, if you had a chance to attend, but they had the first Black Cannabis Conference in New Orleans this past year. I did not get a chance to attend, but I oh. am definitely going next year. Yeah, so I really wanted to attend. I had some scheduling conflicts, but I will be there. Uh, it's com- no, we. It was last. Yeah, so twenty twenty yeah. is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So the new, the next one will be coming up. And when I tell you, it was just so great to see um, how. And people were comfortable. They were comfortable having that conversation. They even had a pitch contest. And it's the first time where the judges for the pitch contest, where they literally, you know, cut a check to uh, a company. And this was a logistic company, actually. And, you know, it was just everyone was comfortable in that environment because it was truly a diverse group. It wasn't just suits, you know, yeah. white men in, in nice suits. Yeah. So I, I think everyone in this audience, and regardless of if you're a person of color or not, it's a great um, um, event over in New Orleans that should that we should definitely um, support. And, and you did get to go, right? I did. It was so amazing. And I've gone Dallas. to MJ BizCon in Vegas. I've gone to MJ BizCon now in New Orleans. I'm, like I said, D.C. Um, I've traveled all over Oakland. It, when, and there used to be a, an organization called Woman Grow, and I've been out to Denver. And it was just so great. I love the way they did the break. It was personable. You could go and really have a conversation with the panelists or with the speaker. It was a very small, intimate uh, setting. And you got to see these amazing brands of color that are just um, just begging to be on a store shelf somewhere. Yeah. 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 Man, that, that, I am jealous that I didn't get to go. <laughs> Oh, I will be there next November. Well, this November, I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So I'm going to hold you to that, too. Hey, oh, I'm there. When the registration comes out, it's like, Melvin, did you register? June. It it opens up in June. Yeah. Yeah. I I am am there. I am there. 
All right. And so, typically, guys, just so you know, I want to yeah. say this. A lot of times, M4MM will have a discount code for conferences like that. Okay. So when it's released, our leader, Ross McCarthy, and uh, also Eric Range, they negotiate a percentage off or, say, $25 or $50 off of um, the ticket price. So definitely um, stay tuned so you can take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's great. All right. So we're we're uh, heading towards the end of this. Conversation. Yes. This has been great. Uh, you have been a great guest, Natalie. Just tell oh. everyone what they need to know to contact you, things you got going on, all of it. Okay. Well, uh, I am working on, of course, can- the Cannabis Mississippi Cannabis Festival 2023. Uh, we are kicking that off. We have a Shana Bernie and I are Shana Bernie and I are launching uh, something called Opulent High, which we're going to have some amazing events for people to attend. Uh, I'm, I've been pulled into several other. I'm, I'm helping at, help helping out with Canal One, and then also the uh, the Cannabis Business Health and Expo that's happening in Jackson. And I think there's two coming up here on the coast. There's Canal One, and I think MMBA is another organization that's putting on something yeah i'm speaking um, that one i think you're speaking it yeah, yeah i am yeah <laughs> so guys if you can do nothing else and if it's not cost prohibitive please just come to these informational sessions just so you may not be ready to get into the business right now but at least you can start learning and um bringing in you know building your foundation don't let cost or fear of what it will cost stop you. There are so many ancillary services that you can bring into the cannabis space that won't cost you $250,000. There are soft entry points. And if you are in this audience and you are a CBD retailer, don't be afraid just because Mississippi now is going to have medical marijuana. Not everyone wants marijuana. So you will still be able to grow your business, maintain your clientele, and uh, people who are going to shop with you are going to shop with you as long as you offer excellent customer service. Indeed, indeed. Well, that really covers it. Natalie, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me at the festival. Thank you for being great. Thank you for being you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Namaste, my brother. Namaste. (laughs) So this has been another episode of Burning Questions. You can watch us on YouTube or Facebook at our MSCTA pages. Tomorrow, this will be on Spotify, Google, Apple, all your favorite DSPs. You can listen to them from there. I want to thank Natalie Bonner for coming on again. And I am Melvin Robinson, Director of Communications and Media for the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. Okay. Goodbye.